Hi, and welcome to How to Build an Empire, the podcast that will take you through everything you need to know to build a marketing machine that can scale. I'm Danny Lev. Producer Sam is right by my virtual side. Good morning, everybody. Today, we'll continue to talk about the practice of online communities in part two of this special with Christopher Dettel. Christopher is the Director of Customer Engagement and Community at Reltio and is the co-host of the Data Hurdles podcast. He has over 15 years of experience scaling communities and driving engagement within startup environments and established companies. How do you start a community from scratch and where is the real gold mine? How do you build activity and engagement and when should you avoid 10,000 members? Get ready to learn how to build and nurture thriving online communities. Welcome to episode 10 of How to Build an Empire. Today we have Chris Detzel with us. Hi, Chris. Thanks for coming. Hi, how are you, Danny? Thanks for having me. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I'm Chris Detzel and I build online communities from ground up. I work at a company called Reltio and I'm the director of online communities and engagement there. How did you become a ground up community manager? No, you don't really study that in college. A little bit of luck. And I guess if I go um, uh, back a little bit, I kind of started back when I was at uh, Forrester Research. So I was dealing with like high level communities, if you will. So more like events and things like that, dealing with executive level type people. And then it just began into online communities and I started building them from ground up. So understanding content strategy, engagement, and then all the, the data that goes with that. Okay, so wait a minute. What is the difference between a community and just regular social media? Well, look, social media, from a business standpoint, you see a lot of people post kind of blogs and just things from their website and things like that that are, to me, kind of boring. <laughs> you don't really get a lot of that engagement. And when you get online communities like using could be Slack communities, could be HireLogic or Koros or whatever, where people are in forums. People are engaging, interacting with each other. And the beauty about some of that is they're helping each other solve problems. But also from a business standpoint, you're getting lots of really good data around your users and, and how they're using your product, why they're using your product, and, and they're, they're even writing content for you. Yeah, that's super awesome to see someone helping someone else to use your product without your company being involved. They're not only engaging with your product, they're engaging with your brand without your marketing touch. So that's kind of the dream, isn't it? It's a dream, yes. And, and I, I think that's why communities over the last several years have really started to pop up and be extremely popular. Because think about it. If customers are talking about you and your product, and, and then if some other, let's say lead, for example, or some other user is typing in something about, not necessarily your product, but about your product or whatever, you know, like if for us, we're a master data management company. So if they were like doing something around data management, what if we're on the first page of Google because of our community? That happens all the time. And it's like, oh, who's this relative? Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, and same thing with any other communities out there doing the same stuff. So there's a lot of, win-win for companies. Cool. So let's give an example, just to make sure that we're all talking about the same thing. Yeah. I have a client who has a community on Discord yep. for their product. So they are a PLG company, a cybersecurity company, and they open a community in which they both, I mean, they do have a channel where they talk about new product updates and that yep. kind of thing that is more company-oriented, but 99% of the community 
is people asking questions, people consulting, people telling opinions, just making conversation and even memes. So that it's a Discord <laughs> channel that invites people to talk about not just your product, but also the world around it, the, the professional and the social world around yes. what it is that you're selling. Discord case, is a, a really great example of kind of these, what I think about closed communities to where people are just talking about some specific thing, right? In general, it's not really crawled by Google just because of how there's like a Slack, but more of a specific community. But the beauty about that is, is that it's searchable and others can find, if they have a question, they can look for other questions that, that are on there. But also look at the product managers, look at the opportunity that they have to really learn about how users are using the product and the information that they can bring to that. And they could even say, oh, this isn't working. Let's say a part of the product's not going well, or maybe it's not being adopted. They can ask their community members right there because beauty about Discord is like live almost. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, when you're on Slack channel, same thing, it's all live. But yeah, I mean, there's huge benefits for that stuff. I mean, Discords are coming, popping up everywhere. I see it all the time. You know, one more interesting thing about these kinds of communities is that it's not marketing fluff. It's not mumbo jumbo that has been written by a copywriter. This is actually people yeah. consulting with people. So the information there is considered highly reliable. People believe these are your are passionate fans, right? If they're going to join a Discord, they want to know more about what you're doing. They want to know what others are doing with that product or how they're using that product, right? So they're spending their time on their phones, going to Discord mostly, right? Maybe it's on the desktop, but mostly on their phones and they're looking at, and they're very interested, you know? And so the things that I would tell you is, and that are important is, how do you engage these users more? And how do you get them to do more stuff? So I think, you know, especially like on Discord, the beauty about their, their stuff is that you can build rewards and recognition digitally, right? You don't have to give them stuff. You just give them, you know, some levels or you give them some access to different things or you give them, Exactly. And they love it. Not everybody, you know, engages <laughs> the same way, but those kind of people are going to engage in the same way and they want to be rewarded and recognized digitally. It's a tactic to drive to get home. And I think that an important one, especially on a Discord. Okay. So before we yeah. talk about increasing engagement in the yeah. community, how do we well, start one? You know, it, it probably depends. <laughs> but one is that I think you need a mission statement, right? Like, what is it that you're trying to achieve with your community, right? You build it, they're not going to come. It just doesn't happen that way. You know, you, there's a lot of tactics to drive for engagement. There's a lot of tactics to drive for content. You know, nobody wants to go to a party that no one's at, right? You go to a party, they're not there, and it's like, this is boring. <laughs> so I think one is, you think about the mission statement. What are you trying to accomplish? Two is you've got to make sure that there's a reason that people will want to come to your community. So you got to start building that content. you got to start engaging your users, whether it's through email, whether it's through other communities. I believe that your branded community isn't the only way people are engaging with your product or where they're talking about it. They're probably on Twitter. They're probably on Facebook. They could be on LinkedIn. They could be in a lot of different areas. And so one place is probably not enough. So when you think about your own branded community discord, that's just one place that they're at. How do you come up with kind of a plan to engage them? I'll just tell you how I've done it in the past. This way, it gives you a bunch of tactics to drive. One, when I get to an organization, 
I start talking to cool. internal people to really understand, you know, what is it that we're trying to accomplish, what we're trying to do, come up with a mission statement. And then I start looking at, in addition to that, a platform to think about where are we going to put the community? Is it Discord? Is it Higher Logic? Is it Kuros? Is it Slack, et cetera? And part of my plan generally is I want to be indexed by Google. So it's going to be more of a community that's probably not on Slack or Discord. It's going to be on like a vanilla forums or something like that, Koros, whatever. And then I'll find a list of a bunch of users that are using our product. And then I'll email them directly. And I'll say, hey, we're coming out with a, a new community and we need your help. And one of the things I might say is, if, if you're in the room with another user using our product, what would you ask them? What would you do? And do you know any hack tricks? And I'll send a thousand emails, literally. I'll get 40 or 50 replies back. Boom, boom, boom. There's my content starting to build up the content. And I'm starting to build up the users. Then I'll start having maybe even a, a program okay. to allow them to come in early access. I've, I've got my platform. I'll push them in. I'll start talking to them directly. Then I'll even seed the content. So that question I asked a month ago about why would you use our product or what question would you ask? I'll push that question on that user. Then I'll start internally asking, hey, what are some answers to these questions? So I don't have to know about the product. As a community leader, I just need to find those people internally that can help me or our customers that can help us. And then you start seeding those questions. I'll do two a day for two weeks. Question from user, another question from user, answer, answer, next day. But remember, you build it. They won't come unless you really have a plan to, to get them. And then you start building programs on top of that to getting your users engaged and involved. And that can also help with your content strategy. So what programs yeah. do you have to kind of make sure that people continue to show up? One is to consistency on your Q&A. So if it's just a Q&A forum, you've got to consistently push, push, push. You've got to build a rewards and recognition program is one way to engage. It's a very tactical way, but it's still a way. Some people love it. Some people don't. So it could be leveling. It could be badges. It could be those kinds of things. Another way is and what I found that really helps me with content strategy. And it's kind of like a all-in-one thing is I'll call them, I call mine community shows or webinars. They're live. So a lot of times it could be ask me anything with an expert. It could be a deep dive into the product, right? Like uh, a webinar with the product manager that's an expert on all things this product. We go deep into this one area. And I average about 80 to 120 people, depending on the topic, on my live webinars. And so I get some video. Then I get Q&A from the audience so I can then seed that. And then I get really good mm -hmm. blogs from that, right? So I got some great blogs, Q&A. And then I also got users engaging because they're the ones asking the questions and then pushing the community. So over time, mm -hmm. like I try to do this every week. And blah, 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 I mean, just so much content, so much Q&A, so much engagement. It really just drives your online community. So yeah. let's do a, a little drill here. So we have uh, How to Build an Empire, a wonderful uh -huh. podcast for founders. <laughs> and we want to start a community for it because at the moment, yeah. all I have is the name on Discord and that's it. The party is party for one. So what would you suggest is, my mission statement? What are you trying to accomplish? What do you want? Why do you want a community? What are you trying to do? I want startup founders to have a hub. I want them to ask questions get good yep. answers from people who've done it before, expert answers. That's the reason why we have the podcast as well. We bring the number one person from every single element of startup marketing to help them do it properly. 
And it all comes from a specific angle that it's not enough to build cool tech. If you build it, then it won't necessarily come and you need to tell people about it. And that's what startup marketing is. And I just want to create this one central hub for everyone to engage with this information. And you've in got the, end, the mission statement there, success. right? So you've just got to kind of clean it up. I'm not a big time marketer. So what I would do is say, hey, look, we, we want to be that one stop shop for startup companies so that they can learn A, B, C, and D, right? And, and I would start from there. And then I'm sure you already have some people that you work with on a consistent basis that are probably really excited about what you guys do. So I would start with that. Just ask three to five of them, say, hey, what do you think about this? We were starting a community and this is our mission. Does this mission statement sound good to you? Does this thinking sound good? And then once they say, yeah, this is great, you get it all kind of good, push that on, onto the website or to the Discord channel and say, this is what we're trying to do. That's one, you've got it. So then you've got to think about a strategy around how do you start building that community from ground up, right? So now you have the mission statement, you've got buy-in from some of your customers or from your founding members, whoever they are, right? And then you start from there. So okay. strategy, what are we going to do? What kind of content are we going to, what are we trying to accomplish at the end of the day? Because the beauty is you already have a podcast. The beauty about podcast is a lot of things. You already have a following, right? So people are already following that podcast. How many people download it and things like that? It's one. Two is you create content from that podcast. So there's some really good stuff from the podcast. You can blogs and you could do some really cool bringing in your customers to your own podcast and they can start asking questions, right? And you can start doing more with that and then even start seeding that discord, right? I mean, just off the top of my head, there's a lot of things you can do and, and a lot of places you can go. And so, you know, I would start with coming up with what you think is a good mission statement and then evangelizing it out a little bit to your users, to the people that you really, maybe your advocates already, and then just open it up, just have a little strategy around content and engagement and see how it goes. Say, hey, and, and you might even think about founding members, right? So these founding members have special access first. Not everybody, we're not opening it up yet to everybody, just these 20 people, just these 10 people or whatever. And then they start engaging, interacting. Maybe you seed some questions. They start doing some things. Great. We'll open up a couple more channels. We'll let a few more in. Then you put a badge that says founding member from day one. And then you continue to evolve and get better. You can't do everything at once. Don't think, think about that. You can't. And communities grow steadily. And over time, they become big. Yes, I could probably have 10,000 people in my community that I open up. What am I going to do with all those people? And how am I going to engage them? Have a plan for that. If you want to have all of a sudden 10,000 people, you know, I like to start slow. And over time, just people start just coming in and flocking in. Two or three, you'll have an amazing, engaging, beautiful community that everybody's getting, or most people are getting value from. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a dream to have 10K on your first day, but just like our product uh, in our startups, you don't actually want 10,000 users on day one because everything will just crash yeah. and you need a learning curve. You need a learning curve to optimize that's what it is That's the big sexy number, right? Is, is the number of users. And, and I think that's important, having users. If you don't have users, you don't have a community, but start small and then build your way up because you, you open the floodgates, you got one chance and 10,000 users, they could be gone in a, in a week. Just be smart about it. That's all. Yeah. Especially when you're a busy founder, I guess you don't have time to 
manage a gigantic community. So until you get your VP marketing or whoever it is that's going to manage your community, I guess that's the way to go. Nice and slow. So what kind of content does a community have? Like what exactly? I mean, you don't actually copy and paste blogs into yeah. community well, channels. That's not what we do. So what create your right own content? The right, right way to One do is your users are creating content for you. So that's one is how do you get them to start doing it? That's really where the goal mine is. How? Before we move on, how? I have to know. Um, well, let me tell you a little stories here, a few stories. One is when I got to Reltio, I went to our learning team and I said, the kind of community I want to build is a support community. So in this case, I want users to adopt our product more and I want them to learn more about our product because it's not always easy, right? It's not just the product that's hard, but it's also their environment. So there's a lot of handholding and we're an enterprise software company. So it's really a big, gigantic thing, right? So how do you break it down? Well, the way I started was I went to our learning team and I said, hey, you guys have all these videos. Can I have access to them? So they have videos on all these things around how to use the product and what to do, but nobody was using them. So what I did was I started creating content around these videos. So I found a blog writer. I got them to write a blog around the content. I cleaned it up. I found an expert within Reltio to clean it up. And then I started getting them to author it, right? So I did most of the work. And then I post it on their behalf. So you can, on some communities, have blogs and things like that, right? So it depends on the kind of community you have. Mm -hmm. Some communities are Q&A, blogs, videos, and then you, mm -hmm. you get it from your community members. So I reached out to about a thousand community members, both companies, uh, or not community members yet. So about a thousand people directly. Wow. I mean, you can do mail merges and everything else that looks like it's directly from you. And I just said, hey, we're looking for your help. I need content. If, so if you're in a room with somebody that was using our product, what would you do? And what questions would you ask? They'd get the questions. I, I literally had 40 questions that I could then seed. And I said, hey, I'm going to post this on your behalf. Post it on their behalf, then found experts to answer it, right? Two a day, what I said before. So that's another piece of way to get content. Another way is building a, a webinar program. I call them community shows. So every week for the last two years, I've done this. On specific areas within our product, it has to be relevant. We have about 80 to 120 people show up live to our webinars. I'll have an expert from Reltio, and then I'll have our community members show up. The beauty of that is it's live, and people can ask a bunch of questions. So we'll go into 20 minutes of presentation or a demo, and then people just start asking question after question. I capture those questions, push them out to the community on that customer's behalf, and then the expert will answer it but I get a transcript of all that information. I don't have to remember it all. Then push that answer out. Then I push the video out. So now I've got video, I've got Q&A, I've got blogs. I've done it and it works every single time. I've, done, I've built five communities from ground up. If you continuously do that, look, this is a full-time job. Not to say, you know, it's just a lot of work, but it grows. It is. Building a community is not, that's why people burn out. They're like, Oh my God, I can't do all this stuff in my job, right? Because. But if you want to, if you want to build in that way, you do yep, need a Chris right. Dessel of your own. You can't do you it can as start a it. If you want to do it right and you want you know, to do if you it have consistently, you need somebody to run it. People engage in different ways. So people don't just want to be in the Q&A forum and Discord. They want to go to an event. They want to go to a webinar. They want to go to a user group. They want to listen. They want to lurk. They want to learn. So how do we look, build programs 
for them. And all of a sudden, how do you scale it? It becomes really difficult because you want to keep doing more and more for them, but you have to really look at more than important things to really to engage them in the proper ways. So, What kind of metrics do you use? Yeah. I mean, if we want to avoid vanity metrics, such as number of followers or number of engaged followers, uh, what is it that you actually measure to find yeah. out I think one your growth, your is success? In the beginning, it's the sexy metrics, right? How many users do you have? How many likes? Things like that, right? So that's that's an important piece. Also, as a community manager, there's hundreds of metrics that I look at on a you know, weekly, monthly, whatever basis. But I'm not going to promote those out to my CEO, CMO, or whatever, right? I've got to look at the ones that matter the most. So certainly as a community manager, you want to look at replies, likes, how many people are engaging, and things like that. So for a founding person, you want to make sure people are engaged. So you know who's engaging, who's not engaging. And so you got to start building kind of this, you know, um, well, this is another tactic, but build these engagement tactics. Like, so somebody logs into your community, what do you say to them? Is there an email that goes out that says, hey, welcome to the community. You need to do these five things. And then five days later, if they haven't engaged, is there another automatic email that goes out? So are those emails being looked at? If they're not being looked at, mm -hmm. then you can say, okay, I need to recraft the email or st stop sending the email, whatever. So there's a lot of things tactically that you can do to do that. But then when I look at engagement or when I look at true metrics over time, then I start looking at, you know, instead of the page views for Google Analytics or the number of users, which is always, you know, organic SEO, those are really important metrics to look at for open online communities. But then I start thinking about, are they contributing to revenue? So if I look at marketing, like my webinars, I can say that I've contributed X million dollars every year to influence pipeline, right? So I can say, because of my webinars, I'm now influencing revenue. So that's probably a little bit more down the road, two or three years down. The same way marketing does. So how do you measure example, the influence pipeline? If marketing has like a Zoom channel, and that Zoom channel is directly connected to Salesforce, Tableau, and some other things. And then let's say a webinar goes on and, and they did an external webinar and, and they could see how many people came to the webinar. And then if there's an open opportunity to that webinar, the opportunity goes, or the webinar is one of the direct things, activities that affects that engagement piece for the opportunity. Same thing with my shows. I'm doing the same thing that they are, right? And so, the beauty of that is because I have 80 to 120 people coming in, I'm affecting uh, a pipeline and a bit influence pipeline. It's all influence, but some of the, that stuff does close over time. And so that's a big one to start looking at over time, but it's, mm -hmm. that's only a marketing metric, right? How do I now look at product adoption? How do I look at renewal rates being higher because of community? How do I look at, you know, case deflection? And saying that I'm now helping deflect case community touches almost every aspect of an organization, especially a product. And now it's time for our favorite segment based on a true story. <laughs> based on a true story is brought to you by the Startup Marketing Workshop. Startup founders and investors don't waste time and money on marketing that doesn't work. Our workshops teach you how to develop and execute a successful marketing strategy that will help you grow your business and protect your investment. Sign up today and learn from experienced professionals. www.empirenow.io That's www.empirenow.io 
The link will also be in the show notes along with the rest of the good stuff. Back to you, Danny. Tell us a story or an anecdote that shows us what the community management life really is about. Um, let's see. So community manager's life. When I first get to a company, I'm on the phone two weeks straight every single day for five to six hours just building relationships internally. One, trying to understand who my stakeholders are. Two is trying to understand who those individual contributors are going to be, right? So just finding those kind of people and getting those people excited because not a lot of people don't really understand what community is all about. So really trying to define that and creating that excitement. Two is after you do some of that, thinking about the content, the engagement, the, just building that community from ground up, all you know, understanding what platform we're going to use, all those things. What business systems are we going to connect to? So trying to think about all that kind of stuff. What kind of content are we going to look at? So once you have all that, then how do I take my community to the next level a year later, right? Like now I've got to convince my company to give me a budget that's X number of dollars because I want to do all these things like connect business systems or I want to do user groups. So using a bevy-like thing or whatever, right? For more programs, how do I get a headcount? And then there could be an executive over here that doesn't really believe what I'm saying. And so do I get them on my side? Do I not get them on my side? Do I get this other person on my side? How do I do that? How do I show the value of community on a consistent basis? We know there's value, but what is it? And so what I would say is continuously think about what, you know, what value you bring and truly show the value. We are no different than a marketing team or a customer success team or a product team. We have to show true business outcomes. And thinking like that is the key for a community leader on a consistent basis. I don't know if that helps, but that's what I think about all day, every day. Do you have a crazy story that happened to you with one of the communities? Yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, sometimes you can't control everything that goes out on a community, you know, and one of the stories is um, a lot of times when you open up your community to the public and once you start getting a lot of traffic, you have spammers and things like that that come in. And so if you don't think about that ahead of time, then they're going to come in and spam your site full of spam and stuff like that. And so when I was at this company called Rexel, and this was several years ago, and this is when I was first new, I didn't know anything about spammers or whatever. I had literally hundreds of spammers come in and spam the community. Luckily, I had a developer that came in and deleted it all and cleaned it up and stuff like that. And, and another story is, I remember at that same company, within one month, I got over 4,000 new users from our customers in Canada. And it was awesome at first. And then they didn't do anything. These 4,000 people did nothing. And I'm like, my boss goes, what are you going to do about that? You're the community manager. You need to engage them and figure out ways to engage them. Where's the 30, 60, 90? Where's the five day, 10 day? You know what I mean? Like emails that go out. To, how are you engaging your users? And it scared the crap out of me. Like I was like, I don't know. And so, you know, you just, sometimes you just have to learn and, and you have to figure out, you know, what is the best ways to do it? I can get 4,000 users in a month, but what do I do with those 4,000 users? You know, if I do nothing, you've lost them. You've lost them for good. They're never going to come back. So you've got to be smart about doing those kinds of things, you know? And so, and I would say, if there's questions that you don't know, don't pretend like you know. Like, let's say your executive asks you something about the community that you just don't know. Just say, you know, I'm not sure. Let me see if I can find that answer, right? Because we don't know everything. There's a lot of things 
come out, you know, and the, and the last thing is, is somewhat recent, you know, uh, we had an outage, um, and customers start posting about the outage, Ooh. you know, like, and it's live, like people are saying stuff. What does your boss say, or what does your CEO say? What does, what do you do about this outage? And if somebody says it, do you say anything? And you do. The goal is how you react to something is the key. You don't delete it. You just react. And you want your users to know that you're there. Things happen on product side that it's just going to happen. How you engage and how you react to it is the key at the end of the day. Wow. True. In every single aspect, I must say, uh, if something goes wrong uh, in all of your marketing, not just a co your community management, you have to be totally honest. Remember that trust is key. Yeah. So you can't just avoid and whitewash anything. You have to right. deal with it in the, in the correct way. How do you yep. retain users over time with the community? I guess it's because you answer the questions, you provide them support, you educate them. Yep on industry professional information that ties them to your brand. That's right. Yep. Everything I do generally is for the brand. Let's just look at this, some of the shows. So I'm bringing very technical expertise to my community. That's one. So I'm bringing experts in to answer their questions. I'm bringing experts in that let's back up. It's easier to expand an account than it is to bring in a new account. So I'm doing a little bit of both, but my goal at the end of the day really focuses in on kind of that expansion piece. Right, because upsell, cross sell, higher renewal rates, that's where I want to affect the biggest. But not to say that I don't let prospects in, because I do. You know, if they want to come in, there's this one company that's come in and wants to know all things about Relteo that's not a customer yet. They're on our community, they're on our community shows and webinars, listening, they're asking questions. It's beautiful. Like I know that this company is a prospect. And I'm like, then I can build relationships with salespeople internally. Hey, look. This person's a prospect. You can go reach out to them or whatever. Uh -huh. So, uh -huh. in that case, it's it's really interesting that you build relationships with actual people. It's not just this nameless, faceless crowd that you're talking to in social media, and it's actually closer to right. events and conferences than it is to social media when you think about it, because you actually interact with real people. You answer their questions. Yeah. You explain how things work, and you give them something to take back with them. Once you build a relationship with a person, then your brand will be on top of mind. And they may also have some kind of, uh, not emotion, but like some kind of a affection for the brand because the brand helped me and I consider it professional. And so I'm more likely to choose it. Very well said, Danny. Really well said. I love that. And the beauty about building relationships is I'll give you one example that is really cool. Is this one guy, he was the leader of master data management, this company in Europe. Really big company, right? He leaves that company and I email him, I stay in touch with him and he goes to this company that is, isn't part of Relteo. And I start talking to him and I said, hey, we have this big event. We can get you there. I talked to him on the phone, right? And now he's going to bring in Relteo into his big brand. This company is a multi-billion dollar company, right? And so he'll, he will eventually bring in Relteo. Now that life cycle of bringing it in will take time, probably six to eight months, 12, I don't know, but he's going to come to our event. And because of the relationship I have with him, he's willing to look at Relteo again and spend a lot of money with Relteo. And so that's just one example of many that it happens all the time because of the community relationships. So invest in a company, you get an account. Beautiful. Invest in people, you get multiple accounts. 
Exactly. Because people leave companies, right? People do leave companies and they take your brand with them. Yeah, potentially. That's what your hope is, right? And that's the beauty about building relationships. You have lunch with somebody, you talk to people, you bring in experts. And the beautiful thing about it is it scales, community scales. It's one-to-many. Now, it's not just one-to-one. One, there is lots of one-to-one conversations. As a matter of fact, when I get on one of our shows, of those 80 to 120 people, most of those people know who I am and kind of know who they are, right? But not always until they reach out to me directly. It's a cool feeling when you know you're doing something really cool, not just for the brand, but you're building true relationships with these people. You're building trust. Tr- that's right. Trust is the most important thing. Absolutely. So AI is upon us. How can we use AI to help us managing our community? I've been thinking about that a lot lately. And I, I think there's a lot of ways. It, it probably all depends on your community, right? And, and how are you trying to manage the community? The way I kind of look at it is there's this company called, and, and I'll just say the company because it's a cool company called Gleam or something like that. Anyways, they're kind of like this chatbot, right? And then they started implementing AI into this chatbot. And the beautiful thing about this is there's these things called large language models, LLMs, which most people have heard of. It's like your, you know, chat GPT or whatever. But you can take these large language models and, and train that model to only understand what your company does. So, for example, co- companies like mine have documentation. We have communities. We have uh, tech support. So you have a support portal like a Zendesk or whatever. You could take all that information and feed and train that model to learn all things, let's say, Reltio, for example. And so over time, what it does is you can push that chatbot out to your systems like a Zendesk or your community, and it will only answer questions and only use the data that you've given it to answer the questions so that it's a lot easier. I think that is going to be a huge enhancement to online communities, to online support, and things like that. Do I think it's going to take jobs? Yes and no. You know, I think that jobs will be changed, not necessarily, because I don't think these chatbots are going to be hundred percent, but I think that AI and chatbots are going to be the future of both communities, especially tech support, like communities, documentation type stuff and support portals. That's one big opportunity that it's going to take some time to solve it. But not that much time. Yeah, give me time. I would definitely monitor it at the beginning and yes. make sure that it doesn't try to convince them to leave their wives for the chatbot. Exactly. Nation uh, is happening. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I totally agree. It's actually pretty amazing that you can get someone to answer like ninety something percent of the questions that are asked about your products. Yeah, and for PLG companies. Their incoming leads are supposed to be untouched by a human hand anyway. That's a huge element of providing information, answering questions to get people to sign up. I mean, you think self-service, self-service is, that's where it's going. But you still need the content, right? I mean, you need tons of data to really answer some of these questions, especially like a relative. To get accurate information is going to be the key. So data quality, at the end of the day, is feeding it good data is going to be... Mm -hmm the challenge, but also it's going to be the key at the end of the day for all of us. I couldn't agree more. All right. And now we are at the tool shack. There are so many tools out there today. How can we know which is the best and why? 
So we thought we're getting all these amazing experts here. Why not ask them? So welcome to the Tool Shack. Every episode we recommend one and our guest recommends one as well. I'll go first. Our top shelf product for this episode is Connect Team. It's an all-in-one employee management app that helps startups streamline operations, improve communication, and manage their workforce. It provides startups with a suite of tools to help boost employee engagement, including scheduling, time tracking, task management, training, and communication tools. Check it out on bit.ly slash topshelf10. That's bit.ly slash topshelf10. The link will also be in the episode show notes, along with the rest of the good stuff. Back to you, Danny. Thanks, Sam. Are your favorite platforms and tools? Some good ones right off is obviously Tableau we use for our analytics. I I push all my analytics directly to automate. That's really cool. Canva. Everybody uses Canva, I feel like. It's huge. I also use Camtasia as my editing video. There's probably way better ones to use than Camtasia, but I've learned that one. Claude 2 is really awesome. Cloud? Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E. Too. You can, it's like a chat B- GBT, but not. You can upload docs and it reads it and it just spits out some cool stuff. I use Higher Logic as my community platform. Obviously, we use Slack as kind of our back end messaging people. I love that. It's an enterprise wide platform that has all the bells and whistles that you could ask for from engaging marketing, the 30, 60, 90 engaging kind of stuff to everything you need to know about backend analytics, right? So that's one of my favorite, and I've been using it for years. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Chris Detzel. This has been an amazing session, and we learned so much. Thank you so much. Thanks, Danny, for having me. Really appreciate it. A lot of fun. Which communities should we follow? Yeah, you know, community.reltio.com. I also have just a personal community that's on Facebook. It's called DFW Running Group over... 5,000 members there. It's just a running group that's here in Dallas. I built the community.imperva.com. So those are the communities that I've built. And you can follow me at chrisdetzel.com or LinkedIn. Just type in my name, Christopher Detzel. Well, Chris loves his job so much that he actually does it on his spare time as well and does a running group. What can you say about that? <laughs> other than Thank you so much, Chris. Thank All you. of the links will be in the episode's description. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thank you for having me. That's a wrap, folks. Thank you, Chris Detzel, for explaining the practical intricacies of community building. If you like this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with your pals and don't forget to give us a star or five. Special thanks to Producer Sam and the Startup Marketing Workshop for making this episode possible. See you next week. Thanks, Sam.